Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to Recall the Midwife. We are three super fans of Call the Midwife who re-watch an episode and talk about it. Today we are watching Series 7, Episode 5. I'm Alex. I'm Becky. I'm Jen. A reminder that this week's episode deals with trauma, traumatic birth, and chronic illness. So if those topics are ones you'd prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In this week's episode, Trixie says goodbye to Poplar. We meet Kenny and Eunice Dobson. Eunice is expecting her second child, but she's avoiding her clinic appointments. When Kenny goes to clinic to meet Eunice, but finds that she's not there, then an artisans arrange a home visit. Nurse Anderson discovers that Eunice was traumatised by a forceps delivery with her first child and she has a phobia of childbirth. Lucille and Sheila must support Eunice through her labour. We also meet Arde Babayaro, a Nigerian sailor who believes he is suffering from smallpox. He seeks shelter at the Seaman's Mission, but is driven out, causing a public health scare amongst the residents of Poplar. Now living on the streets, he's discovered by Reggie, who befriends him. He brings Arde cake and agrees to keep his secret. Violet and Fred learn that Reggie is keeping secrets, and it is Nurse Crane that convinces Reggie to let her help Arde. Nurse Crane diagnoses leprosy. Arde spends the night at Nanata's house and bonds with Sister Monica Joan while Dr Turner arranges for him to get the care that he needs. Meanwhile, Violet is arranging a charity picnic, so when Barbara and Tom return from Birmingham, there is no one there to greet them. Only Sister Winifred, who is rushing to a birth. So this episode was particularly triggering for me, so I just want to explain to people who've never actually listened to us before, I've only just started or not listened from the start. The reason that I started actually watching Call the Midwife in the first place was I had a very traumatic birth with my daughter and there is no secret as to why I've not had another one. I got diagnosed with PTSD. It was a real horrible situation. I don't really want to go into the actual ins and out of it because I'm already on a thread with this one today. But I just wanted to explain why. So I went to therapy. They said I needed aversion therapy to watch Call the Midwife or One Born Every Minute. I couldn't even imagine watching One Born Every Minute. It'll seem way too gruesome and real. So I got on to Call the Midwife. And now it's one of my favourite things in the world. I love it. But today's episode is very, very triggering for me. So there may be times. <laughs> I hope I'm not going to be sobbing but there might be times that I will be sobbing or it's just very very real birth trauma is very real and this episode was gut-wrenchingly fantastic at depicting that now it's not the same as mine obviously mine was just about the birth and everything but it wasn't a phobia or it well it might be I don't know but I don't think it is but yeah so yeah just wanted to say that before we start so yeah don't normally go serious but I've just uh yeah just wanted to say before we start well, at least you have a good reason for crying a lot during this episode. I cry yeah. every week for no good reason at all. I mean, so. the episode of the actual podcast, though. Like, I'll just be <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> oh, well, don't worry. You'll be in good company. We can all start crying with you because Lord knows. Oh, man, <laughs> this, was a, this was a tough episode. It so really, let's, start, really let's start with Eunice and Kenny's storyline because then, A, we get it over with for Alex's sake. Mm. But also, we might not cover it in as much detail as we cover other storylines just so that we can skip on past it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So well, else Alex, will have to lead wanna, on this one. Do you want to... Oh, well, how do we want to go about it? Do you want to start, Al, or do you want to let us kind of start by Absolutely not there? me, yeah, please. Well, I've okay. been trying to find the lighter points in this storyline because when <laughs> Eunice has been avoiding clinic because she's absolutely traumatised and has a phobia, they immediately arrange for her to be added to tomorrow's round. So I just think nowadays that would not happen. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I will say, actually, I very much identify with this storyline because obviously I had my daughter and then I've never had another one and I just I always planned on having more than one child but then went through that and I just never could do it again so Mm. and she yeah she yeah she specifically says that she basically avoided avoided any yeah and and then the thought of actually 
being pregnant again, just absolutely, I couldn't even deal. I just can't, I can't even think of it now. So her fear and worry and just absolute abject, like she's terrified. And that's it. I, I can feel, I can, I can understand exactly how she'd feel. Mm, mm. I thought Lucille was fantastic. Does, yeah, mm. she does say Eunice as well that she looked at getting a kind of a backstreet abortion, but yeah. even that couldn't even go through with that because she was so traumatized. Well, I did actually write a thing here. So, firstly, the thing about being traumatized, I nearly kicked a gynecologist in the head after uh, <laughs> I had like a panic attack, nearly kicked him. It was awful. But at the same time, I can look back a bit now and laugh because I'm just, it was just absolutely horrific. But also, I also wrote here that her husband went to the clinic to check up on her. I don't think my husband would be that Miss Marple about it. I don't think he'd be that proactive. <laughs> now, I, I wonder, I wonder if, what was it, Jerry or something like that? I wonder if the husband was like starting to Kenny, feel like... Kenny. Benny? Kenny. Kenny. Oh, geez. I wonder if the husband was starting to kind of think like, huh, something doesn't seem right here. You know what I mean? Because he even says to her like, last time you were this way and this way. And she was like, yeah, well, last time, like I, you know, I was excited. And this time I know what's ahead of me. Ugh. You know, like it just, it's, and he's like, oh. Well. Yeah, and they don't even know when the baby's going to arrive because she doesn't even know a due date. Now, no. in in search, trying to find the light, like, I mean, this isn't around birth trauma, but I do know somebody who fainted during an appointment while she was getting blood drawn and she was sat on the edge of the bed and the nurse was kind of in front of her and she gave blood and fainted but she fainted forwards and she came round with her head basically in this woman's bosom oh <laughs> i'm about to say bex are you telling a story about me fainting when i have my blood every <laughs> no. time i have a blood taken i faint no it wasn't it wasn't alex this time well i'll tell you what kenny did do that absolutely did not help is call his mother to come and have oh his, and have the nagging God. mother-in-law there but telling her that, you know, she just needed to buck up and get over it and, like, look at this baby sweater she just knitted. And I, I think he like, thought, though, that having a woman, another woman who's given birth might help her, but that was absolutely well, not the right person. But also, like, I'm sorry. Like, I know that, you know, we all love families or whatever, but, like, n- nobody wants anybody else's family when, like, they need, when they're in, you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's a choice between, like, your own family or what, I, like, I, I, ugh, I was just like, get her mother or get nobody. Like, don't bring your mother into this. Like, her mother-in-law is not going to be the fix. Like, I'm sorry. It's just not. Like, oh, Kenny. I Maybe was, like, it was a good room. fix. So I thought Lucille was so calm, so lovely. There was a you bit. Stay, yeah. <sighs> so there was a bit where Eunice was doing this very big moving speech where she was kind of about to start having a panic attack never have I related more with that traumatic speech by the way but also Lucille was so calm because what I really really appreciated about Lucille was rather than lie to her or say it's all going to be okay she was just calm but did not lie she was like as sure as night is day you're having this baby I just really rated her speaking the truth and not lying or padding it out just being kind calm but basically also saying you know this is happening not trying to lie to her mm-hmm, and I just really mm-hmm. I just thought Lucia and Dr Turner was great Dr Turner saying you know time isn't always a healer but it can open doors mm-hmm. and I th- I thought with Kenny's mother coming to stay even if you take the birth storyline out of it just around anxiety and mental health issues the fact that she kind of says to her you just need to book up you just need to calm down and I think when you're in that situation when you are having a panic attack when you are suffering from anxiety people will say that to you but it's not that straightforward yeah mm-hmm. 100%. yeah yeah exactly i will say i think i mean so they so not to like skip ahead but at the end mature jenny says you know this wasn't understood at the time but now what she's going through eunice is going through is called tocophobia which has to be i didn't i have to admit, uh, girls i did not get a chance to like look up the definition of that but I so to... i did it's a okay. pathological fear of childbirth and then i had to look at pathological which is basically caused by a mental disease yeah yeah but there was i mean like yeah do you... i have tocophobia <laughs> like genuinely i mean it like ge- well... i'm sitting here and i honestly feel sick i feel a bit shaky just even thinking about this whole thing yeah I mean it was it was interesting like to kind of the way that they depicted it the way she was so like it was it was it was like it was she was definitely afraid of birth but it was also like she was in a lot of denial about it as well and that that yeah. kind of speaks I think to your point Al about like Lucille you know kind of confronting her with the truth because I mean she was like no I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna do it like I can't have it I can't have it it's not happening it's not happening and it was just like oh wow like you're not just afraid of this like you're also like really deluding yourself about this this as well and like it was well, I just, just feel like it was just it was like visceral with her it was just so visceral that she couldn't even go back to the place that she'd been mm-hmm. and I know I know I said that joke that thing about 
kicking a gynecologist in the head. I didn't actually kick him, but I nearly did. But it's just the feeling of panic that absolutely overtakes you and you just can't stop it. And I feel mm. like she depicted that really, really well. I also want to say one thing. At the end, they said uh, Eunice had no more children. And I can't tell you the relief <laughs> that I felt for her. But just, yeah. oh, thank yeah. God. Thank God for her. Well, also, she's got, she's got contraception available to her now. She's yeah. got the contraception. Yeah. Well, yeah. I really hope they maybe even did like, you know, like either a vasectomy or a tubal ligation or something, you know, so that I mean, because I felt bad because she even said she's like me and Kenny never did anything for like years. And then we finally did it once, basically. And, you know, the condom broke. And so now I'm here and it's like, oh, God, you know, like and you just kind of. Oh, it's, Speaking really of Kenny, I her. thought he was apart from obviously getting his mother, which I think his own mother, which I think he thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah, I thought he was really supportive in the way that he got rid of his mother. <laughs> you know, he yeah, actually yeah. did listen to her, and he was like, "Do you know what? Actually, yeah, okay, I'm here for you." And he listened to her, and I thought that was amazing. And yeah. I'm going to do a shout out to my husband, who's never going to listen. He was also amazing with, with this whole thing. Yeah, He's I will say that when when Eunice does go into labour, she locks herself in the bathroom in the middle of the night. I could have kicked that door in. <laughs> <laughs> We've got your trick to go the hinge side. <laughs> I was th- the only thing that was keeping that door bathroom door locked was one of those little push bolts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. well and you know what hats <laughs> off honestly to Dr. Turner because Lucille calls him in for a consult on this because she just you know feels a little bit I, I get I don't know if she says it explicitly but she's like I just feel like I'm a little overwhelmed with this case like I don't really know what to do and Dr. Turner is like okay let me help or whatever and then when it comes time for her to give birth Eunice to give birth they call Sheila and Dr. Turner and both Sheila and Dr. Turner go and then Dr. Turner gets there and he's like well listen he's like I'll wait out here in case you need me but he's like I just don't want to go in there in case I make it worse you know like trigger her to think about you know her previous experience and everything, which I thought was very sensitive of him. It was. I thought they they handled it really sensitively, which let's be honest, most of the doctors at this around this time probably wouldn't. But also just on your door point really quick, it was also one of those 1960s doors that's basically made of cardboard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I need to shout out Sheila because when she answered the phone in the middle of the night, she was in curlers, the turnaround for her to arrive at that flat. (laughs) Oh my god. You know, I probably would have just been like, you know what, I'm going to my curlers because it's like you're gonna take out your hair and then have it be like oh man. They have standards like... in those days though, Jen. Oh, I know. Yeah, they're all they're all gone at this point. Like oh, I, did, also... I did really like the fact that Sheila was part of that team as well, that like team calm, team, let's yeah. we've got experience, we're we're helping. Just mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. Yeah. and she had a daughter yeah so she she did complete a family but i need to go back a step because bless kenny for trying to suggest a caesar section Caesar section. Oh, but we or... do know somebody who was so petrified at the thought of giving birth and they hadn't even given birth at that point that they did convince the nhs to give them an elective cesarean yeah i i, I tried and i wish i wish i succeeded but yeah it's uh we do know someone that did that well then since she's actually given birth to two naturally but you you've said al i think that like even if you could have exactly the birth you would you would theoretically quote want like you don't even you don't want to go through any of it ever again like like even if you could even if you could have an amazing second birth experience you just don't want to do it it's like I just, no I, could, go I, down I couldn't i couldn't be poached and prodded down that it just it would bring i can't do it i just can't yeah like yeah, even going for yeah. a smear test is absolutely harrowing for me i just yeah I, it, like the way she said about the fact that she couldn't go through with the abortion not that they've gone for an abortion but do you know what i mean like the fact that she couldn't mm. go through with that just wrung so many like it properly what's the word <sighs> it, i identify with it so much because honestly I, I can't tell you it's like a physical thing as well as emotional mm-hmm, like it's just mm-hmm. it just takes over my body mm-hmm. i just did a weird little shout when you mentioned a smear test they are doing a trial at the moment to move towards doing home smear tests i won't tell you how i know that <laughs> how do you know that Oh man! Because I participated in it. I really in a home smear test. No, I went for a smear test, and then they were like, "We're doing this trial," and I was like, "Sure, I'll sign up." And, oh my and god, so, I would well so sign up for that. But you're supposed to do it to yourself. Yeah. How? I. You know what? Let's Great. talk about this off air. You know what? I'll just say this. This is not related at all, but just for a little moment of brevity with one of my stupid tangents that I love to go on. So today was an absolute manic day at work. And like, just to give our listeners like a little insight, like we're doing podcasts after dark, okay? Because we're recording on a Friday night instead of usual Sunday afternoon. And anyway, so I was at work today and I had like a really short lunch because of like just kooky stuff that happened, whatever like that. But on my lunch break, I watched a TikTok video about a- is it a medical a- one? 
no it's not no it's not that's why I want to tell the story but but just when I when, when you were like at home smear test I'm like how did they even do it and then I was like you know like technology is so crazy well anyways it was this it was this really famous chef who was like oh I've been hearing about these things in Japan where it's like it's like a rice dish that you buy from the store and you it like will cook the rice in the container that you bought the thing in so you know like how you buy like ramen in a bowl and then you like pour boiling water over it and then it and then you leave the lid on it cooks the ramen and then after like three minutes you take it off and like stir it up and it's like ramen noodle soup and everything yeah. and you eat it you know that okay so the thing with this with this rice dish is it's a container and you pull the lid off and then there's like an interior like container and then there's like a well at the bottom underneath the interior container it's like a steamer yeah, you basically like put this packet of stuff in the bottom and then you pour this liquid on top and then you put the container on top of that and then you put all the rice and the other ingredients in on top of that. And by the way, it's uncooked rice. It's like raw rice, okay? Just FYI. And then you put the lid back on and basically there's a chemical reaction in the bottom of this container and after eight minutes, you pull the top off and it's completely cooked. He ate it in the TikTok. He ate the whole food in the TikTok. But isn't that just a rice steamer? No, but it's a plastic no, container, Al. It's a plastic container. It's the chemical reaction that cooks the rice, not It's heat. not a machine. Do you get it? Doesn't it just create, doesn't the chemical reaction just create heat? Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, it does. But I mean, but it's like a completely... I put Jen on this. That's not... It's a completely autonomous... Yeah, it's a completely autonomous... It's not like they've just put it in the microwave or they've created steam with heat. Hang on, is it just added with cold water? No, it's like a special chemical liquid. Oh, so it's not pour... boiling water they're putting in? No, 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 no. Oh, right. It's like, it's like, when, like you buy the whole kit at the store and then you could like take it anywhere and then you just assemble, you just like follow the instructions. I feel like this is something Bob's is going to be asking for for a birthday or Christmas or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? One of these potions things. <laughs> Well, that's what it is. That's the whole thing that's so crazy about it. And I just was like, and I honestly, I thought about it because I work, you know, my my work is in social service and we work with a lot of people who have like housing instability, homelessness, like things like that. And I was like, this would actually be an amazing product for a person who did not have access to a way to cook food because you could give them something like this. And it wasn't that expensive. I think he said he bought it for like five or eight dollars or whatever the equivalent. And you could basically have like a hot meal, you know, like, I mean, I don't know how nutritious it is, but like, you but know, they sold like global warming, stop using gas things like that well, put this kind of thing in a boiler i'm just saying like yeah What's honestly the chemical, that? well i mean yeah the horrific the that they've plutonium harvested from the center <laughs> of the core of the earth it's going to kill the us chem- all in the a week. The chemical aspect does make me feel a bit anxious, but it's like, you know what? I don't know. I mean, like, listen, it's, it's one a good life. or another one. Yeah, you know, like, I don't know how much longer humans are going to last anyway. So, you know, we might as well just do what we can at this point and just go off. But like, anyways, innovation, I will just say, is amazing. And you just never know where you're going to find, like, these wacky things. Like, literally, like, self-cooking rice and then, like, at-home smears. And then who knows what else is next? Talking about innovation, did anyone notice the Hoover that Kenny's mum was using? No. Oh, it was like a, man- using one. a manual push hoover with no oh, electricity. Oh, I saw I remember that. that. My grandma it. had one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I yeah. just remember. Alex. Those yeah. are all. Those are all the rage. Yeah, I can't believe you actually remember that day. Oh, I'll tell you. What, I'll tell you what innovation I noticed from their house. He called Nanadins on the telephone in their yeah, yeah, in their thing. like own home. He didn't have to leave the house to call the to call the nurses. Yeah, I feel like they the were birth. a bit. They were a bit like. What's the word? They were a cut above the other. Like, you know, when you first started watching it, yeah. they're all in slums. These are in, like, he comes in with his briefcase. He, you know what I mean? Yeah, this, yeah. Three of them in this lovely clean flat that's brand new, all nice, deco- nicely decorated. and There was a lot of furniture in that flat, which is on trend now. Yes. Mid-century modern, 100%. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but the, yeah. Stuff on that flat was on people's Pinterest boards right now. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I follow. Exactly. Talking to TikTok, I follow a lot of just restoration things. Not because I'm interested in restoration or like decorating people's houses or doing them up or anything. But I do like. I find a video of a room going from rubbish to decorated really satisfying. And there's so many houses that look just like that right now on TikTok. Mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. really to finish the Kenny and Eunice, Lucille yeah. at the end when she just given birth. Lucille was really emotional as well because obviously I think she kind of went on this journey with her and she was really calm with her and talking to her and the whole way yeah. through she was with her every step of the way and she said you did it in a really lovely term and she, Eunice was crying her eyes out saying thank you like the relief she must have had <sighs> it just killed me and Lucille is still a very new midwife yeah I just love her I think she's brilliant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you'll love Lucille should we go on to our day storyline oh yeah our day 
There's yeah. still a My daughter, yet again, comes in. Did she walk in this. Oh, she walked in while they were throwing him off the boat. And she was like, why are they being so mean? And I'm like, because he's a stowaway. And she was like, why does he have a scarf around his face? And I'm like, get out. Are you, are you watching this after she's gone to bed? Because I feel like you need to put her to bed and then and then start watching. Because she's yes. like walking in all. Oh, so she's getting out of bed and then coming yes, in. Yes, she and is, then... Jen. And also, oh. this, was like, not, this was not even just like half an hour. This was like an hour and a half after. So so she'd not fallen asleep. She just had kind of been doodling around. And then she like she likes up... reading in bed. She usually sings in bed for about... <laughs> half an hour really loudly <laughs> oh my word so she has to have her nightly like get out of bed and then be told to go back into bed kind of a thing well not normally she's normally really good she sings then she reads a book and then she's asleep but yeah yeah the siren call of call the midwife just speaks to her and she always knows when she can walk in and see like an eyeful basically well she's desperate so she likes watching bits of call the midwife she likes feeling involved because now obviously she's on the podcast she's been telling everyone she's on the podcast but also <laughs> she's desperate to watch love island as well oh oh yeah. she's oh you yeah she really can't no, watch that that gets that gets, really that gets stopped that. the second she walks in it's not oh not god Oh my god. Yeah, Call the Midwife is like the you know like a ge- a gentle sunlit, you know, like 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 the like the gentle rays of sunlight like, you know, dappling through the trees whereas Love Island is like literally staring at the sun with your eyes open, you know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> She would just get she is not ready blinded for that. and scorched. Oh my God, no. no, we, no with no. me and some of the mums were talking on the way to school the other day and I said something about someone stuck it on them. And then Bob's was like, what does stuck it on me? And I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We've learned how I will say what, what makes me, like, again, not to go on a quick Love Island joke, although call back for all of our OG listeners who may know what, I, what we're talking about here. Just to go back to Love Island for a second, like, it just kills me on that show because I've just restarted, I've just recently started watching the All-Star season with you, Al, and I'm way behind because I'm in the States and I'm watching it as it comes on over here, but... The fact that, like, I mean, the guys do it too, but they just have different, it's just different for guys. But, like, the girls literally walk around in, like, virtually nothing all day long. And then at night, they put on 800 pounds of makeup and these insane outfits. And it's just, it's, like, the most, it's just the most, in like, cr- like, I just cannot believe that, like, none of these people literally will wear any form of, like, body covering clothing for, like, 99 i just i'm like can't you just walk around in a t-shirt and shorts just for a couple of days like is there no mystery like do you not want to get any like it's just it's like you've seen it all already fair it's... jen if i had a body like most of them i'd be absolutely <laughs> bikinining it up on yeah the but the thing the thing that gets me is it's what not I'm, not, I'm not watching the all-star series but it's the point where they meet each other's parents and then someone oh. their potential in-laws wearing a thong bikini i know i know, you know speaking of the school mums one of the school mums was wearing shorts to the school run today because she was going straight for a run afterwards and she felt really weird and embarrassed and i was just really impressed that she'd shaved her legs <laughs> <laughs> Well, girls, I literally bought a dress from Target over Christmas when my family was here. And I've been wanting to wear it ever since. And I finally wore it on Tuesday because I had finally coordinated like leg leg shaving with like dress wearing. And it was it took me over a month. So if that just doesn't tell you anything right there. Well, I was ashamed yeah. when I, you know, when I went to the hospital, my netball injury. I've, yeah. I've, I've shaved basically just below where the leggings would go for like ages. <laughs> So I had like two inches basically of shaved leg and the rest of my leg was horrific. Anyway, they cut me best leggings off when I did my injury oh, at the oh. hospital. And then I'm there with these hair. Oh, it was honestly, I look like a flaming. What's that guy called? Oh, a Sasquatch? A Bigfoot? No, not a Sasquatch. Chewbacca. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lord Tumnus. Because he's half man on the top oh. and then half born. From that line of witch in the wardrobe. I always think with Love Island as well, they're sat out in full sun. Yes. Now, if I was laying out in full sun, I would get up and there would basically be the outline of my body in sweat. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, the thing is, I could never, I mean, I've, I've joked around with you guys privately, but privately, as if, you know, I have a public and private forum, but like, I could never go on that show because uh, I'm Jen, too this pale. Is a, this is recorded and actually shared publicly, just what I was saying. <laughs> no, I know, I know, this is public, but it's I just am, like, I'm like, but this, to think I'm... that I like, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm revealing like publicly, I'm breaking my silence about this or whatever, like as if, but I just, I could never go on because I spent too much time in the sun. I would literally turn into a lobster and then I would wither away. Hang like, on, I would Jen, just... sorry, what's that? The only reason you can go on Love Island. <laughs> 
yes, yes, yes. The, the, the only reason. Forget that I'm like literally 20 years older than all the people on that show. Forget the fact that like I absolutely <laughs> would never, ever, ever. <laughs> I just couldn't go in the sun. I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I oh, couldn't go I... on just because of my hairy legs. <laughs> I remember I remember I was listening to this comedian one time and they were talking about overhearing a conversation between two women where one of them was like, oh yeah, my celebrity crushes. This is like an old, old, old joke, by the way, if this shows you anything, because I know Gen Z would never know. But um, he's like, I was like, my celebrity crush is James Dean. And she's like, yeah, but the only problem is, is that he died like in 19 whatever. And it's like, or no, 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 no. No, that he was gay, Jen. No, no, no. He says the only problem is like something, something, <laughs> something. Gay? Yeah. No, I don't think he was gay. Well, that's the, that's the whole point of this thing. But this joke is that they say, it was oh. gay. Well, she. Well, yeah. I I ruined the joke. But basically, the the girl's comment was like, the only problem is like something, something, something. And the and the comedian thing was like, no, the problem is he's dead. Like he's literally dead. Like he's been dead for forty years. He's also forty years older than you. Like anyway, I ruined the joke. So that wasn't funny. But hopefully, there's some like ambient humor from my bad retelling. But anyways, yeah. The only reason I couldn't go on Love Island is because I'm too pale and my I might would get too sunburned. I'd have to decline. The only reason I couldn't go on, apart from my unshaven legs, I could shave them, <laughs> is I'd make everyone too jealous. Right, shall we go? <laughs> You'd be the bombshell. Hello, boys! What a, yeah. a nuclear bomb. No one will go near me. It'd be a fallout. <laughs> they just all instantly, like, faint to the ground. Becky wouldn't. She'd be slipping on the sweat. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you what I really would want to do, though, if I did go on that show, is, like, I'm picking this spot because we have a good chat. He's really funny. Like he's so cute. Um, he's he's a great cuddler. And um, yeah, that's why I really like it. You know, like I'm. Open I'd be to like, see I'm picking this boy because I hate the rest of you, and this is the best <laughs> of a bad lot. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Anyways, back to Call the Midwife. Sorry. Sorry yeah. Let's get back to smallpox. Carry on. <laughs> or well, we're not. We're gonna find out it's not really smallpox, but spoiler alert, that's coming. Yeah. So anyways, so, do you so... know what really annoyed me? He was asking for people for the seaman's mission. Now he's wearing a scarf around his face, but it wasn't that harrowing, and everyone was like, Ooh! like terrified of him. Wouldn't even <laughs> yeah. tell. Just be like, yeah, it's up there, mate. Like just I, one of you. I hated his roommate in the seaman's mission because he was just being so intrusive, and like he just wants to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I but agree. This, the Siemens mission doesn't seem as lovely or wholesome as when SMJ was watching their TV. Watching the TV. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I will say? The only... Okay, like, they handled it so bad. But at the beginning, when he was stowing away on the boat and they were, like, poking a broom at him to, like, get him to go off. Okay, that was terrible. And they absolutely shouldn't have done it that way. But at the same time, I was like, I bet you sailors are, like, really anxious about people who are stowing away and also potentially ill. Because if you get something on a boat, there's nowhere to go. You know, yeah. Like well, also, would... they said about the they all had the smallpox vaccine. Yeah. So obviously, they're worried about things like this, and they're worried about their family and stuff. But also, you know, so the, the flatmate, flatmate, the guy who shared the room with him was like, oh, <laughs> getting like for it. And I've put the police were called and everything, all from one drunk man's sighting. Like, you know, the whole of the poplar was the all really thing, worried. But yeah. then I realised actually, the people on the boat would have seen him as well, wouldn't they? So well, yeah, and then obviously other like, said, oh, the he's other... got spots on his face. Yeah, the other, the other, the other sail or the other people who were like ignoring him when he was walking around also saw him too. So that was bad. But... Yeah, so we were still away he got pushed off this boat then he's wearing a yeah. scarf around his face because obviously he's got these spots all over his face yeah. and he thinks he's got smallpox everyone else thinks he's got smallpox so everyone's all terrified of him it's this horrible situation he's in London he doesn't know where yeah. to go he goes to the seaman's mission he gets woken up by a drunk man screaming at him and he's yeah. trying to get him out so then he kind of goes into hiding because he has nowhere to go yeah there's a scene where everybody in the Nazi's house is sat around the table and they're talking about this smallpox scare and they're talking about how there's a vaccine Sister Winifred seemed a bit disappointed that there's a vaccine for everything <laughs> well no she's like she's like oh people think there's a vaccine for everything these days and i'm like well isn't that the goal sis like what's going on like why wouldn't you want that i want to know how people of poplar are all queuing up at the doctors the next morning without facebook it's spread like wildfire just oh. i suppose there's a local paper which people probably you know what's the word well, they the, probably the gossip, had the, more the, impact the, then but still people but the thing straight is, away the gossip in poplar is legendary oh sorry what, what am i doing i'm brushing i'm brushing like the dust off my computer that's <laughs> what she was doing as well because it was it was i just was looking this is this is my brand new computer and i just bought it and i'm like i just was seeing oh, dust yeah we get 
It's saying she's got a paintbrush. I can just see this thing. She's... I'm just going like this across the top of the thing. We should. I thought it was in, like actually. a TikTok this where she's one. doing a big painting thing. I was really excited for her to like reveal a painting of <laughs> oh, us at the girls, end. Girls, though, I my sister did a paint by numbers when she, she was unemployed for some time earlier in 2023. And to relieve stress, she decided she was going to do a paint by numbers. And it turned out so good. And it like really, really inspired me to like want to do a paint by numbers. And I haven't done it yet, but I may do one. I just so. watched. Oh my God, all I'm talking about is TikTok. I have been ill this week, by the way. This is why we didn't record. We should do a new TikTok podcast. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and I saw this this family who have done a cross stitch. So she had a favourite cross stitch for when she was a little girl. And now yeah. she's doing it on a massive scale. They've blown it up on a massive scale for a daughter's I've nursery. It. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? it is. Oh, wait, did you? Oh, I want to see it too now. you got to send me the video. I'll tag you. I'll tag you, but carry on. Let's okay, yeah, but okay. I just stumbled across it. I'm acting as if it's this crazy, like, coincidence that we've both seen it, but it's probably it's just the not. algorithm. Yeah, it's totally because we're friends with each other or more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so Ade. So, anyway, so... So they find out that this man has smallpox, or what they think has smallpox. Dr. Turner's really freaked out. He's calling the Board of Health. Well, anyways, meanwhile, Violet is gotten roped into the Poplar picnic. And so because all of that's happening and she's got a to-do list a mile long, Fred went and got Reggie to help with all the festivities and fun and everything. It. Yeah, and so Reggie's back, which love, A+, A+, A+. And then Reggie is doing errands with Violet, and Violet gives Reggie a loaf of bread and said, oh, you pop home, I'm going to go do blah, and make sure this is at the house in case Fred's wants, Fred wants some later for his so one then... thing on reggie bobs is a yeah. huge fan that she just thinks he's so kind and friendly that's what she right. said right. oh she has good taste but anyway so as he's like walking home with the loaf of bread he looks down one of the like the sewer grates and he sees ade there and he smiles at him and then he, and then ade looks very scared or whatever but then he goes down into like the underground area finds him and kind of introduces him and talks to him and everything and ade says like don't come near me like i think i'm sick like i think i have smallpox i don't want you to get too sick and he says oh it's okay well he's like are you really hungry and he said yeah i really am hungry and he's like okay well here you go and then he like puts the loaf of bread down and then back backs away so that Ade can come and eat it and then basically that kicks off like Reggie like dropping things off to him so that he can kind of you know survive basically because he doesn't have anything and he's living in this like underground sewer area and Reggie's little smile to him it just killed me it was so sweet it was so sweet and if you if you think how desperate Ade I mean he thinks he's got smallpox he must feel rotten but he's yeah. still concerned about reggie and says to reggie like don't come too near me yeah 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 well that just be very... like get me help i'm dying <laughs> <laughs> like hanging onto his collar yeah <laughs> breathing on all the all the fishermen all the other sailors oh me. <laughs> Oh man, but then but then Reggie says so oh well then Violet starts to notice that like the things that she's getting for the picnic aren't turning up where Reggie says they're supposed to be because he's the one he like he was gonna pick up a Dundee cake, which don't have any clue what a Dundee cake is, but anyways, he was supposed to bring it to Violet because for like this collection of all these treats for the for the picnic and she's like where is it and he's like oh um it's not here it's a secret and then she's like excuse me it's a secret and he's like yeah i can't say anything it was for my friend um but it's a secret and then both friend and violet are like whoa 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 like okay really my dude, quick, like dundee cake right i'm just yeah. gonna i'm just gonna give you an option now where okay. do you think it where do you think it originates oh australia <laughs> <laughs> new zealand oh my god is this a joke dundee? <laughs> what am i missing <laughs> Oh my god, I thought you were serious, son. <laughs> no, I think she is. Well, I mean, what am I what am I supposed to be unclear? I mean, is Dundee. Dundee is that is that okay? Do you know Dundee? Dundee is. Well that's why that's what I said Australia for, isn't it in Australia? No. Maybe it's in Scotland. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, I'm an idiot. Okay. I mean I think I probably did know that Dundee was in Scotland, but I couldn't have gotten it's, that. It's piece got of like almonds on the top of it. You'll when yeah. you see it, you'll recognize it. Well, it looks like it looks like you know. I mean, it looks it looked nice, honestly. It was like this very big, dense cake. But anyway, so he brings him a cake, and then <laughs> and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then well i didn't guess australia i thought dun i thought it was from dundee but then i was like well dundee's in australia's okay i'm still an idiot i'm not trying to make it sound better than it is but anyways all right but so fred and violet are like look we won't you're not in trouble but you can't have secrets like that like that just won't work and so then reggie's like okay and then he says basically he's like i've got this friend and you know like his name is ade i'm not gonna tell you where he is but it's he's a smallpox guy and then they're like oh my god so then violet freaks out <laughs> dr turner he's a smallpox guy and then 
then Dr. Turner's like, well, I don't, I don't think he has smallpox, but I don't know. Like, I, like, we can't tell anything. Like, we have to just watch how he is. So then Phyllis, who's doing a shift at the maternity clinic slash regular doctor office, comes out carrying some towels. And Reggie's walking out with Vi and Fred. And she's like, oh, what's going on here? Like, are you feeling okay, Reggie? And Reggie's like, and then Reggie doesn't really say anything, but Vi speaks for him. And Phyllis realizes that, you know, Reggie's keeping the secret. And so she goes and talks to him. And she's like, listen, she's like, sometimes I've kept secrets. But also, sometimes you have to tell your secrets, and it's okay. So tell me where he is, okay, love? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to tell you right now. Like, I'm crumbling. Well, hang on, like- though. I thought it was brilliant, because she said, if there's one thing we don't like, me and you are mates, if there's one thing we don't like, it's a lot of fussing and fretting. And Reggie <laughs> says, that's two things. <laughs> you got you there mate well i just as soon as he was like he like he like was like okay i literally was like wow you just folded like a deck of cards or like folded like a what's that saying yeah a deck of cards oh yeah a deck of cards yeah and i was just like reggie like crumble instantly but anyways it was good though because yeah, we but needed she, to know did, she explained that he needed to do it for actually yeah, what was best she, for Arden. yeah she did it in like a very good way that like completely made sense and like i would have told her to honestly but so then they go and find ade and then you know and then oh and she's no, in a Phil, nurse's no, outfit Phyllis, yeah yes. which i think is really good for ade because obviously it shows him that she's a carer and then she yeah. stuffs him under a travel log Travel and she stuffs him under a travel rug and yeah. loves it travel rug yeah but basically she sees him and she's like oh i don't think this is smallpox like i think it's something else hint hint and then so she calls dr turner she's like i found him i don't think it's smallpox i think it's something else like you know but when you see him and like we do tests and everything we can figure it out well of course they bring him back to nanata's house of course everyone's like so sweet and like gives him cake and like fresh clothes to wear and like he's really nice and like a private room and like all this stuff and do we want to say you guys want to say what, he, what it turns out he has well what gets me is that everyone's like don't panic anyone it's not smallpox it's leprosy (laughs) the other very famously infectious disease yeah yeah that's what i was like but obviously then they explain it isn't actually it's called hansen's disease well yeah now it is actually as bad as everyone already thought it was there's actually a small specialist hospital that deals with it called jordan's in surrey which just so happens to be right near them so he's going to go and stay of course there's a small specialist hospital that's conveniently available and willing to take him and like do you know what i really love though so when he walked into nanata's house although can i just say they've been weird about men staying there before and now they're like yes just come in someone who's got leprosy is more than welcome and this julienne's face was so kind and so welcoming i just thought oh that is such such a lovely welcome what it just soothed me if there was a face that i would want to see when i was in crisis it would be sister julianne's face like yeah. she would just make you feel like everything is going to be okay everything will work out it will all be fine like oh my god she's so she's sister so monica soothing. joan and him she took she was touching him when they were talking about the back that sounded weird that sounded was like she was touching him. <laughs> i mean obviously i had leprosy and they were trying they were holding the bible and she accidentally touched him but she wasn't weirdly flinching away or anything she just she really yeah he really appreciated that well i don't know about you girls but like when i think of leprosy like I don't, I honestly think of like Bible stories because I don't know anybody in quote regular life who like really had leprosy and there's this mentioned in the Bible, you know, because like Jesus was very ministering to lepers and things like that. And I guess leprosy was like a big old thing in the, you know, I want to say like Jesus times, that's not what it's called, but you get it. Like, you know what I'm talking about. And then like that. And so like, you know, I mean, Monica Joan was very, I mean, dare I say Christ-like in that moment when she was so loving to Ade and like didn't, you know, she wasn't prejudiced against him and she wasn't, you know, like shielding herself from him like everybody else was and she really enjoyed him they they praised the lord together that song yeah they talked about they talked about their faith and everything but do you remember when we talked about the thalidomide scandal and we talked about the fact that thalidomide is still used in places to treat leprosy yes oh right you know what Ah. we joke about you not having a good memory and then stuff like that i know it's really wild how you do that I know, I surprised myself. Remember remembers the important things, that's why. Whereas we just remember <laughs> Love Island crap. Oh, wait, you guys, this is going to be like, so doesn't make sense. But anyway, so back to my Dundee cake thing. So just I was thinking about this. Anyway, whatever I was thinking about this, but talking about long story short. So I was I gave a really stupid answer about the Dundee cake, but it just reminded me of another time I said something really stupid, which I actually think is really funny. And I'm happy to tell the story on myself. So as everybody knows, I lived in New York for a super long time. Well, I was in a cab with a friend of mine one day and we were driving up to Columbus Circle. 
Okay, that's a key part of the story. And we're in the cab and we're literally like, if you know that area of New York, it's in lots of movies and stuff like that. But there's a statue in the middle of this roundabout, what you guys call a roundabout. And then like everyone drives, you know, in a circle and you get off at different streets and blah, blah, blah. And it's this whole thing. Hence Columbus Circle. Okay. So I'm literally in the cab with him and he's a native New Yorker. He's like lived in New York his whole life. And I'm literally looking at the statue and I'm like, oh my God, you know, like who is, who's that statue of? Like, you know, <laughs> and he's like, and he turns to me and He's like, Columbus? And I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> and I had this moment where I was just like, I am so stupid. Oh, bless you, Jeff. I didn't even know Columbus Circle when I was there. But it was, it's just, it's like, it just was like, I don't know why I didn't think of it right at the time, but when I said the Dundee cake thing, I'm like, wow, this is like giving like so much like Columbus Circle, not knowing who Columbus is. And it just was, oh, anyways, just, oh, well. Who's Columbus? No, I'm joking. So <laughs> that's that would have been my my next question. But anyway, so Sister Monica Jones very sweet to him. They kind of straighten him out, and he goes to that he goes to that place, and it's all it all works out really really well. Yeah, but Sister Monica Jones was really sad. Well, she was sad. She's gonna get over it. She'll be fine. Also, speaking of Sister Monica Jones, they said, "Oh, they got a letter from the NHS," and they were like, "Oh, her eye surgery is imminent, really quick." I was oh. so jealous, so oh, jealous that... while I'm waiting for my knee surgery. I know. I that I missed that scene. That was that was a deleted scene. Um, because you've not got Sheila on your case, Alex. No, I wish I did. You really need a Sheila Turner in your life, honestly. Anyways, but so should we, we go talk back about to the, the picnic? Oh yeah, yeah. Let yeah, let's go to like the actual fun part of the episode now. Oh, I liked it when they had the bus. So they were all all the kids and everything were getting ready to go on, the, and they confiscated a catapult from Jeffrey. <laughs> and just Jeffrey, the naughty little Jeffrey, it just got me. It just made me laugh. And uh, oh his game was just amazing. I love the fact that they were taking a whole trifle in a china bowl. <laughs> on a butt with no saran wrap or anything on top. Like literally no cling film, nothing. And she was like, oh, the lady who gave us that is going to be so mad if we if the bowl breaks. I'm like, don't worry about the bowl. Worry about the trifle literally spilling on everyone's like whole laps as you're like driving through the country to get to this to get to this place oh my god was what like, was the oh best part of the picnic for me yeah it was barbara oh of course it was that's winifred that's was not one. asked at all about barbara and tom arriving she was, yeah, just like, she was like, door. she's like oh you're Winif back oh, okay bye Winifred's priorities are all wrong at all times i know it's well, just she's just... just woolly boobs yeah <laughs> oh man and they announced yeah. they were coming back barbara and tom as well loved it i know i know well i just also like i just the, the show made me laugh though because when he's like you know because like tom was like laboring so hard he's like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to take this mission in what was it birmingham or yeah yeah literally birmingham. like not that far yeah, away he, yeah he's like oh he's like i have to go up there he's like the higher up priest man says that i need to go do this work and everything and then like they're like well you know what take as much time as you need and whenever you come back you know there's a place for you okay they were gone for four episodes you guys well tom walks in i solved it i fixed everything in birmingham everything's fine nothing to worry about there folks it's like totally perfect anyways we're back okay ready to do like a three-legged race down the road it's like well i guess it wasn't that big of a problem all you had to do was make them like your weird watery soup for a couple of months and then everybody was fine and then you just all, you were able to hop on a train back to poplar like okay glad like oh i mean hey, i'm glad they're not, back that's not but... yeah, i'm very glad no, I'm glad they're back. I'm really, really glad they're back. I love Barbara, but I'm just like, just the way you just like. The other thing that I mentioned it. is there yeah. was a heat wave, and Barbara, there was a heat wave that, well, it was really hot. They were talking about it being hot. And Nurse oh. Crane with Val and Lucille were in the Nurse Crane and Lucille's bedroom. And they brought tea and they were like, oh, the best thing in this weather is, is a cup of tea. And Lucille said that back at home, she used to have coffee with salt in. And Nurse Crane said, one of the best lines I think I've ever heard, which I've never even heard this, did that not have a deleterious impact on the flavour? <laughs> <laughs> I had to write it down. I was like, that's amazing. That's one of the best lines I've ever heard. But have you ever, you, wait, you know, you've heard the word deleterious before though, right? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great word. It's a really Yeah, it word. is. I'm going to use it all the time now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good word. What word. does it mean? Is it just like deleterious? Oh, well, here, let me, let me, since I've yeah, been make so it a bit stupid rubbish. today. Yeah, here, wait, hold on a second. Harmful often in a subtle or unexpected way. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. We learn a lot. That's such a great word though. It is. Man, I Shall love... we talk about also Trixie leaving? Trick oh, and this God, I forgot they... that was this episode. Jeez. It's the first time they've actually hidden a baby bump. That was very clever costuming. 
The baby bomb. But also, she was going to leave without even saying goodbye to Belle. I know. I thought that was crazy. I was like, Trixie. crazy. Come on. What are you doing? Yeah, that was weird. I was like, Trixie, don't be weird. Also, I got a bit sad because they showed Compline. She didn't say goodbye to the nuns either. They were no. in Compline, just those three. And I thought, where's, those where's three? the others? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, bet I felt a bit worried for our plan get us into Compline. I know. It was the first time we haven't seen the whole, the whole group of them in there. Yeah. And who was outside? In his brand new <sighs> green car. Christopher. Christopher. Green car's a bad trying, look. Always trying to get it in one more time. You know. You, by the way, that on the bad look of green cars, my parents are ridiculous over this green car being a bad look. Wait a minute. How is how is a green car bad luck? I'm no flaming class. Ask me dad. My dad well, my goes mom, on about it. And my dad's my not mom has a green car. It's not bad luck for her. Well, my family are ridiculous it, over it. I think it's the colour because I've heard that green is bad luck at a wedding. If you have bright green bridesmaids, got wait a minute. Is this, is, got this, green is, bridesmaids. This, is this green thing like a your family thing, or is this like a recent thing, or like where's this coming no, from? No, I think. Well, my grandma used to be obsessed with it because she wouldn't let me dad have a green car. And then when I went to buy my first car, he was like, "You're not getting green," and I'm like, "Well, you're not buying it, so here I am." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a green car. I loved that car. Yeah, same. Do you remember my mom? Clothes? My mom has a green car right now, and she loves it, and it's great for her. Yeah, I, I don't honestly. It's just I didn't know if it was a thing. I think it might be. It might be. You know, I think it's idiosyncratic to to Britain, but oh, your family thinks that green cars are deleterious to the effect of driving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think it's that subtle. I think they just think it's downright bad luck. <laughs> I think it's not just my family, but maybe, well, don't know. Tell me if your family are also. Yeah. Does anybody? I will say though, like one thing I love is like when people tell the weird things that they thought were normal about their families or their, you know, whatever, and then they find out that it's absolutely not. Usually, it's stuff at when you're coming out of childhood where you're like, oh, my family always did this, and then everyone else is like, no, nobody, nobody else really does that. That's like just a you thing, and and you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize like and every, but the thing is everybody has stuff like that like everybody has ways that like them and their like little tribe of people are just like kind of weird in their own way and you just have to like it's i just love stuff like that that's i feel like this is like one of those of that's the rich tapestry of life mm-hmm. speaking exactly. of tapestry i think becky's doing her tapestry right this second yes <laughs> let's know she it's- is it's because Jen was painting a keyboard a second ago. <laughs> it gave me the green light. I've seen it. I've, I've seen her head down for ages. I'm like, she's doing tapestry. <laughs> well, she even like picked it up and like held it in the camera view. Oh, did she? I didn't see that. Oh, yeah, she did. I saw it. I thought so she I was did that without us. even that clue. <laughs> um, I've just I've just used up the piece of wool I had, so I'm going to stop. Oh, good. So anyway, <laughs> tricks, so Christopher Dockwell's outside in his new brand oh, new yeah. green car. Yeah. He's managed to sort that out with the breakup. And mm-hmm. so he's out there waiting for which to be fair, I'd prefer doing get than getting a flaming bus to the airport. Thank you, with all me. Oh, yeah, but you're, no, you're gonna walk like Jen... two miles with five suitcases. Come on now. And Nurse Crane could have dropped her if she'd asked. I know that's anybody, true. anybody but at least Nurse Crane and Val got to say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love those two running out. But right. I will say they did she did drop a bomb because Christopher said something about like, Oh, you're taking so many clothes and she's like, Yeah, my aunt and Capri or whatever, so that I have to have like ten changes of clothes a day. But he was like, Oh, okay. And she's like, Yeah, and I'm gonna be there for months. So uh, I'm going to need a lot of stuff. And he was like, months. And you could tell his like eyes kind of bugged out when she said that. And she was like, well, yeah, I really got to like honestly deal with Portofino, my isn't issues. it? Portofino. That's what it is. Yeah. Portofino. Yeah, yeah. And this just annoys me about Christopher. He's back with his wife. It's none of his business how long Trixie's gone for. Okay, girls, here's a question. We don't have to get too deep with this. I'm not trying to make it into like that type of a thing. But I don't I don't really generally feel that pro on people being friends with their exes. What do you guys think? I feel like that's what Trickster Christopher's trying. And I'm like, this isn't this isn't gonna work. You cannot be friends with this ex. Well, the fact that the breakup pushed her into a relapse. Like literally a relapse a relapse over substance abuse. Yeah. I mean yeah. it's not working. But also, like, it just, I mean, yeah, I'm not in, this, you... in this respect as well, who's actually helping? It's not helping her, mate. So, why are you pushing this? And the reason well, that you've broken up is because it's not helping Alexandra. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like they broke up for like a benign reason. Like, they broke up because, like, of something really serious and big. You know what I mean? Like, his child, his ex marriage, like, or current slash whatever marriage. Like, Moira, who's a very bitter woman. Very bitter woman. Yeah. Like, she's back on, you know, the juice again. I mean, that's not good. Like, reasonable. I'm sure she is, but it's just the way he's like, Moira, she's a very bitter woman. 
Well, similar. also, like, just think about, just think about, okay, I mean, we love Trixie, right? We know Trixie. And, like, Trixie is an absolute stellar, like, honorable woman. But, like, she has, you know, her personality and whatever. And she has her kind of things that she likes and everything. There's no world in which if you knew her, you would think she was a tart. But, like, imagine Moira. Like, you're maybe not yet divorced from you. Husband is, like, bringing your daughter back from, like, a weekend where he's, like, seeing, picking her up to take her to her new girlfriend. Which, by the way, like, who knows if Moira even wants Alexandra to meet the new girlfriend. But then, like, she's coming back with, like, her nails painted and, like, stories about them going to, like, buy makeup at the drugstore and, like, you know, eat like you know what I'm saying like I could get I, I don't think it's good for Moira to say whatever but at the same time I'm like oh I get why Moira was like yeah please don't hang out with like whatever slut your dad brought home you know what I mean Trixie oh, is basically a bit much. Trixie is basically the bombshell of the Nanatis house villa but that's kind of what Tart yes, means geez. back then and she is the bo- yeah it's exactly right Bex I mean but she let shaves her legs <laughs> All year round, 365, and she doesn't just stop at the two inch above the ankle legging mark either. Don't even do that anymore, Jen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, should we do Heroes and Zeros? Oh, wait, I have a funny story about the picnic. So, you know the part where they're getting on the bus and the Fred says something about there's going to be at least like four throw ups and something else. What is the other thing he says? Was it it's like the kids are, he's like, the kids are going to throw up and then he says like pants are going to come down or something like that. No, something that's like what it is. thoughts like near near misses something. oh what does he say well anyways he, i know he definitely talks about kids like vomiting on the bus like 100 percent. so i don't know what the other thing was but anyways he says about kids vomiting on the bus and then, it's and basically he, should have gone for a week before they set off yes exactly oh near yes exactly so oh by the way and then violet is so upset when every when all the men get to the campground and they're having the picnic but then they all start going off into the woods to pee and she thinks it's so horrible and disgusting and i'm like well i don't know what anyway so when i was in the uk i worked at a theater which was like the kind of theater where we would have a lot of touring shows come through so we would get you know stuff that was from the west end but it was like touring around the country so it was like that kind of a theater well anyways i didn't know what this was until the first year that i worked at this theater but it also hosted for like I don't know five or six weeks a panto which for non-British people is basically like so panto is kind of the generic term for this vaguely like it's a show they do at Christmas but it's not necessarily Christmas themed like the one that we did was the first year was Dick Whittington which is like Lord Mayor of London which is this whole story about this like like I have a rags to riches story of this like young boy who like grows up to be the mayor of London like all of this oh no it isn't sorry I had to do that But anyways, and like it's and it, but it's like totally a kids show. It's like one hundred percent for kids and like kid kids. Like I think even teenagers might be a little bit too old for it. But like obviously adults go, they love it, whatever. Well, anyways, so it's like a, and it's a crazy. Here's what I would give it to as an analogy for like Americans who may not know. Like if you took your kids to like Disney on Ice that's a similar vibe to like panto except not on ice obviously so they have lots of like flashing lights and all this kind of stuff like that and kids are eating candy 100% of the time and they're jumping up and down and they're shouting at the people on the stage because it's all audience participation yeah exactly there's like just so much craziness happening well anyways the reason i'm saying all this is because panto was like a very special time of year where the theater would just totally the atmosphere was just totally totally different and one of the things that they said to all the theater staff who are managing like the audiences that were coming in because we also had multiple showings every single day was that there that we always had to have a bucket with this powder in it it wasn't sawdust but it was something else by the time I was working there and basically whenever a kid threw up you'd have to like take the bucket and like pour this powder over top of it and then once the powder it was almost like kitty litter you know how that works where like it soaks everything up and then you basically have to like scoop it into like a separate you know to clean it up because kids were like they would they would eat so much candy and junk and then and then they would come to the show and like jump around and like shout stuff at the thing and invariably there would always be one or two kids every show that would get so excited they would throw up i never had thoughts that i wanted to work in theater before but i definitely (laughs) don't know well it was only this one time of year that it would happen and it was just like and admittedly like I never personally had to clean anything up so I don't know if it really did happen as often as like they all warned us it would but it was just like something we had as a backup but it immediately took me back to that memory when I heard Fred say that to Phyllis and she was like I've got a bucket here and a bucket of sawdust right here and she was like of course ready to go because she's always so ready to go but anyway yeah well anyway that's the end of the story so I hope that was I think we should let Alex do her zeros and heroes first. Oh, I agree. Oh, yes. Thank you. I was not expecting that. So my zero is ridiculous. I obviously was was probably going to say childbirth, but I can't really do that as a zero because it does bring children to the world. So my zero is ridiculous. My zero is Trixie. Oh. 
because she left a pile of dirty laundry for Val. She was going to bugger off to Portofino for months <laughs> and leave a load of pile of laundry for Val. I think that's really cheeky. I agree. It My is hero, cheeky. It is. My hero is one billion percent Lucille. I thought she oh, was yeah. absolutely amazing. And, and I'll do a joint one with Eunice for actually doing it and actually having the baby herself. Mm-hmm. I was dead mm-hmm. proud of her. It was very emotional, but I thought Lucille was absolutely fantastic. Not lying. She was so calm. She was just truthful. She was amazing. She did a research. She went to speak to different people about what she should do. She was very patient. She was softly, softly catching monkey. She was absolutely amazing. 100% to her. Yeah. So. Truly, if anyone got Eunice through it, it was Lucille. A billion percent. Yeah, she wouldn't have she wouldn't have been successful if it wasn't for her. So Jen, do you wanna go? Sure. Okay. So I always like to do my zero first. So I'm gonna say my zero is I'm gonna say my zero is everybody who was so mean to Ade. Whether they had good reasons or not, they were really mean to him. And honestly, there's just there's just no reason for that behavior. And I really, really don't like that horrible seaman who was in the mission and who oh, just like nice. really like bothered him when he wasn't bothering anybody. Like he was staying under the blankets, like just leave him alone. So that's that's my zero. Like, rude, rude, rude. Honestly, even if anything is justifiable, you should just always be at least polite. So that's my zero. My hero is going to be... I'm going to give Violet my hero this week because I don't think I've ever given Violet a hero before and she's such a sweet, sweet lady. But I give it to her because... But I do want to give it to her because the whole Poplar picnic, I don't really know, like, kind of if that was something did every year and this year was like her turn or whatever but it was just a ton of work like it was just a lot of ton of work and like honestly she gets like a lot of those jobs where it's just a ton of work and it's like really thankless and it makes something like so 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 nice for everybody and especially people like the poplar people who are always stuck in the city all the time and they got to go out to the country and have a really nice day and eat lots of cakes and like have like fun like outdoor games and everything and then like Barbara and Tom showed up like they drove all the way out there like Sheila and Dr. Turner showed up and everyone was just having so much fun and like Violet really made it happen and I know Fred helped and he did a lot but she's the one who really made it happen the most and people who do the most deserve credit and so I want to give well, my, my hero to Violet. Remember when Violet had that what was she organizing but she gave Lucille the to-do list. Well yeah that was Ms. that Poplar. was that, was that week but Miss Poplar yeah. But this week she did it all she didn't she didn't offload too much. She gave like well, Fred and Reggie jobs to do but not really anybody else. She had very bouffant hair as well this week. She's I know. And she's like so committed to that blue eyeshadow. It's wild. <laughs> so I went last because I was torn with my hero. And I was like, I'll just pick whoever's left. And no one picked. <laughs> and I'm still torn. I'm torn between <laughs> Kenny. Wait, you're torn between who and who? Kenny and Nurse Crane. For hero. Yeah, because I thought Kenny was support. I know he didn't know how to support Eunice, but I, I felt he was supportive of her. Mm-hmm. He didn't just tell her to get over it. No, he was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then Nurse Crane is also my hero because I just felt she was really respectful and kind when she found Arde. And when she first approached him, like she actually says, like, forgive my intrusion, sir. And I just thought, I just love Nurse Crane anyway. anyway I I'm think talk- you should have a dual hero because yeah. it's your choice and you don't have to choose if you don't want to. I've got two okay. extra heroes just before you do your zeros. I've got one. Reggie, yeah. Oh, yeah, kind and helpful. And also Dr. Turner. Yeah, yeah, those are good ones. There's a lot of heroes to choose from this week. Sorry, Beck, you to carry on to your zeros. And then my zero is going to be Kenny's mother because yes, I felt that she did, her heart was in the right place, but like when you're in a moment of crisis and someone's like, you just need to get on with it. Like you just need to get over it. You yeah, know, it's the last thing you need. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, like, I don't know if we already said this, but like when you're really, really upset, it's like people who come in and they're like, oh, just calm down. And it's like, don't oh, you think, think if I could do that, I would do it. <laughs> I am not able to do it. Sorry, it's very much the energy loud, of but... you know men who are like smile oh yeah. i know i know or it's like oh you're so you're such a pretty face like you know make sure you have and it's just like oh excuse me don't give me a break give me a break now i've got an email which i think is gonna well just listen to this okay, okay. so i just wanted to do this email you know when we were talking about crocodile dundee and stuff when we talk about feeling a bit when we talk about things that we don't really know about like the bow war the commonwealth oh, wait, maybe that's why i thought dundee was australia because of yeah crocodile that's exactly dundee. why you did jen i was like i oh. thought you'd already put that together <laughs> girls i am so stupid <laughs> you've been at work all day it's fine oh my 
my god i tell you what this has been all of us i think have said this to each other this has been the longest longest week and my brain is absolutely so fried at this point like yes oh can I, also can i just say the reason we didn't actually record on sunday is because i had a sickness bug so i've been just and then we don't have mary like i'm just not i'm not me brightest of sparks today and then i've had this like no. emotional rot episode today oh and my it's, god. it's basically nearly midnight I've had. anyway mm-hmm. this email is entitled commonwealth (gasps) (laughs) so it's from amelia thank you so much amelia for getting through to us she actually bless amelia as well she sent me a message saying is it okay if i send you an email on commonwealth i'm like yes it is oh my god nothing better amelia i'm excited for that yeah so jen thinks crocodile dundee's from scotland anyway so (laughs) (laughs) hi gals was listening to the most recent pod episode season seven episode one so we're a few weeks ahead we're a few weeks away i've come anyway (laughs) and the topic of the commonwealth came up i thought i'd reach out as a certified australian because some of the questions you asked i didn't even know the answer to same so (laughs) in terms of immigration pretty much while being a commonwealth citizen can make the process easier in general people will still have to go through the standard immigration process the king is the head of state in name only his only responsibility is to appoint a governor general whose power comes from the fact that they are the king's representative. The prime minister is the leader of the government and has much more to do with the way the country is run. Fun fact, Australia has named our PM Albo because his actual surname, Albanese, is quite simply way too long for a nation that refers to sausages as snags. (laughs) (laughs) The NHS is still recruiting Commonwealth citizens to work in the UK. There is currently a call out for Australian and New Zealand paramedics to move to over there as there is a shortage. Bonus fun fact, we call paramedics Ambos, referring to a member of an ambulance crew, not to be confused with our Prime Minister Albo. <laughs> <laughs> Love the pod, keep doing what you're doing. P.S. Here is a pic of the UK section at my local grocery store. So little space yet so much Horlicks, lol. I'll have to put this on our social media, this picture, because yes! you'll love it as well because there's Tunnock's tea cakes on there, Gem. Oh, there's honestly tea like. Cakes a massive thing of Horlicks they're like huge it's like they're in sold in vats so thank you so <laughs> much Amelia that was amazing and actually gave us yes, much more of an insight that we honestly we've talked about yeah. nowhere near as much sense as that so thank you very and much. and I think it's that really interesting that they're still recruiting for the NHS from the Commonwealth yeah that is wild that is yeah. wild also I love all the like the slang like ambo and albo and everything like well as we all know oh, i'm a massive fan of neighbors so i knew all about all this no oh, you did you already knew you already knew i'm basically also, australian I'm from watching... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god another stupid thing i'm never gonna forget okay <laughs> also i've been watching race across the world because i love it and they're racing across canada and they mentioned a loony and i knew what it was from our one of our listeners special when one of our canadian listeners referred to it loony is money right a canadian dollar a dollar yeah. Oh, yeah 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 these insights into into things from people that you know are literally like from wherever that you know what i'm saying like like people who really know because where they're from yeah well you know what i'm saying like like people who like it's just so cool because like that you just gotta you just gotta it's it's not just information it's something different you know i mean she obviously amazing stuff but it's like it's a more it's just it just has a different quality especially coming from a person who lives within that that world and everything and that is that is fascinating because honestly when i think of australian government yeah i mean i'm like oh they have a prime minister and that's like who it is or like that and i i kind of i mean again this is just me being like so 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 stupid but like i literally didn't even know that canada was part of the commonwealth until i'm not kidding you maybe two years ago like i mean very <laughs> recently like very recently and i was just like wait what and i was so shocked <laughs> So I've got two more orders of business. Number one, I saw Wonka at the weekend. Yes. And Barbara, our beautiful Barbara, is in it. And she plays a character called, drum roll, Barbara. Barbara. Barbara! Yeah, it's really cute. It's really, she's only a tiny little bit part, but it's really cute. But you really highly recommended that movie to us. Yeah, Wonka's amazing. When you started to say she's a tiny little, I thought you were going to say she's a Oompa Loompa. <laughs> no. The other thing I wanted to say is Heidi's contacted us on Instagram. 
Holy and, Shamus? Yeah, no. Well, it might be actually. Oh. Maybe it is. Oh my goodness. Dun, dun, dun. No, so she said, absolutely wonderful podcast today, ladies. I had a wonderful listening while painting my nails and laughing out loud with you all. Oh, thank you. I love oh. the idea of you all creating the podcast for Downton Abbey. So grateful you answered my question in the first part of the listening special. Next time you guys have got to try peanut butter and honey. <gasps> now I have tried this. I have tried I this. It is really that. good. It is really good. I well, will do I've that I've already anytime. promised Bob's she can do that on the next listen special. Do you know what? Oh, good. That appeals to me. I'm just going to try that in my spare time. Yeah, well, no, well, I want your first reaction on the podcast. So you either have to record it in your phone like I did when I was making the sandwiches <laughs> or you do it on the pod. Well, you know what we can do is instead of instead of leaving poor Bob's on like tenterhooks for so long is we should do it when we do the series recap for this season. Like we should do it like in a couple of weeks when we do the episode. Okay, okay, because she keeps asking. I'm like, it's like yeah. nine episodes away. And she's like, oh. Well, that's the or thing. We like just, we should we get could her just back do it quicker. in the next episode. Or we could just do it in the next episode if you want. But depending on what, depending on whatever we, we think or whatever. But peanut butter and honey sounds absolutely flipping delicious. And I'm so here for that. Yeah, true. So next week, speaking of being here for it, next mm-hmm. week we are going to be doing series seven, episode six. Yes. Whoa. And also at the end of this series, what we're also going to be doing is doing a book review of mm-hmm. what's the name of the book, ladies. My mind has gone blank. Farewell to the East End. end. Yes. Yeah. Farewell to the East End. I bought it. I've not read it yet. So we're going to be doing a book review of that. So if you want to read along and then listen along with us, that'd be fantastic. Giving you a bit of a warning here. So yeah, not a bit of a warning, a bit of warning here. Mm-hmm. A warning. It's going to be great. It's going to be rubbish. So <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. The book is probably going to be the book is probably going to be as absolutely harrowing as the last two have been. Yeah, can't wait. On really thick. I know. I'm 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 waiting for the fresh hell of the poplar of 1950s via Jennifer Worth to like engulf us. (laughs) So next week, if you want to watch series seven, episode six, and then listen along with us, that would be fantastic. And obviously, you know, to follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, Threads, YouTube, leave just like and subscribe everywhere you can on all your podcast apps. Yes. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.